Don't look now. Welcome to Don't Look Now with your host, Jenny McDonald and Will Hageman. We are back with you again today for a, another exciting topic. Take it away, Jenny. What are we What are we going to be discussing now? Let's do Women Warriors Part 2. Cool. The continuation. The, the long-awaited sequel. The long-awaited sequel. Um, so sticking with European women warriors, I thought we could uh, talk about some Celtic people again. Nice. Yep. I will butcher all these names in Gaelic, and sorry, this is my heritage. I should be able to do this. I can't. It's all good. So today we're going to start with a woman named Skach. That's not pronounced right, I'm sure. Yeah, it's all good. This makes me think of, you know, trying to watch various shows, you know, with various actresses and get their name, you know. Right. Yeah. Sersha is a fun one. That's, you know. Sersha. Sersha. It looks like it's spelled Swarzy. It's Who like, is this? Uh, Sarah Ronan. She's the. Uh, she was in um, Ah Ladybird and some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's interesting. You see it and it's like Suarezy, and it's like no, it's Sarah. You're know, like, already sure. then Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Gotcha. Fun stuff like that that you know always throws me off. So well, that seems about right. So, yep. so um, this one, I don't. Did you ever watch American Horror Story? No, I have not. I need to sometime. But yes, uh, if you're a fan of horror films. Yes, there's a season, many a season after the first one where it's done in like a mockumentary style. Okay. And there's a witch in it named Skech. Uh, Skech. <laughs> yeah. I, and I didn't check fully to see if this is related to that, like if that's where they got the basis for okay. it, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that makes based sense. Based on the story. Cool. All right. So her <laughs> name translated from Gaelic into English mm-hmm. is the shadowy one. Ooh. That's nice. Right? I like a name like that. I know. Wouldn't that be kind of fun? Yeah, yeah. My name isn't as exciting. What does your name translate to? Uh, Guardian Protector, I believe, is what William translates. (laughs) Mine translates to Big Wave, so... Nice. I think you're still on the... My name has Big in it. Yeah, That's just not right. Hey, 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, she's a woman warrior, and she was one of those women you don't want to mess with. (laughs) So, the legend is, is that... She was in a fortress on the Isle of Skye, which is northwest of Scotland. Okay. Now, the funny part is this is an Irish myth. Nice. So just remember, it's all mixed up. Oh. It's all too close. Yeah, well, you know, northwest of Scotland is generally where Ireland is, right? So, yeah. Basically. Yeah, kind of, sort of, whatever. Yeah. And the, cool, the reason why I like this one is my family's from the Isle of Skye. Oh, cool. So the last fortress of the McDonald's was on Skye. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's part of why I got excited about this. Cool. Okay, anyhow. So she was kind of the head of a covert school of warriors. Ooh, Irish ninjas. Right. She is the lead of the Irish ninjas. (laughs) Ginger ninjas. All right. Ginger ninjas. All right, cool. So it was a covert school that taught heroes and warriors how to be the best they could be. To get into the school, you had to first find it. Nice. And then second... You had to get over the walls into the fortress. All right. So that's the background on the school. Nice. This is full Batman, Nanger Prabhat, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Good yeah. yeah cool. It's, it's right. deep. I like it. Yeah. 
So legend says her fortress sat on the Isle of Skye, northwest of Scotland, and to reach her, you had to cross the dangerous and stormy sea, which, sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, I drove across it, so I can't say that it was dangerous or stormy. <laughs> there were a lot of goats, though. Nice. Yeah. Um, and reaching the fortress was the beginning. So it's a completely impregnable castle with a gate that's guarded by none other than her daughter. Cool. And her daughter's name is Utak. Scathic's training regime was so difficult that it was just as deadly as the journey to get there. Oh, there you go. So, like, doing it was pretty intense. Um, One of the things that she would teach her trainees how to do was pole vault over the castle walls. Cool. So that's how a lot of people could get in and get back out, right? They had to learn how to fight underwater, which that's pretty dangerous, actually. Yeah, that comes up a lot. And then, um, well, and actually in that area, it probably does. Time for the underwater moat fight. You know, God damn straight it is. Uh, have you ever seen Top Secret by any chance? No. Oh, uh, it's a early Val Kilmer movie. Val Kilmer. Spy spoof comedy. They have a full underwater bar fight. Right, you know. This sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll have to find this. Oh, you're going to have to watch it. It's, it's glorious. I, anyway. <laughs> I do love Val Kilmer, though. Speaking of underwater fighting, full bar fight with broken bottles and everything else. With broken know. bottles, Yeah, break even. a bottle on the bar and people fighting. and yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Yes. Yeah, I stuff. love it. Val Kilmer. Um, so the other thing was that she taught people how to use a special weapon that she made called a gay bulg, bulg which was a barbed harpoon. Mm. So kind of makes it sound like a sea witch. Just putting that yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the underwater fighting. Exactly. Yeah. So, the great Ulster warrior Cuculian was Skate's most famous student. He sought her out because the father of the woman he wanted to marry, her name was Emmer, said that they couldn't get married until he had been trained as a companion by Skath. So, he was hoping to avoid, um, the dad was hoping to avoid giving the daughter to him at all. So, he was like, whatever, if you can survive going there and you can pass the training... <laughs> Sure, hun, you can marry my daughter. That that's cool. <laughs> so the guy was like serious mm-hmm. and he went to the Isle of Skye and decided he was going to pass his training course. So he finds his way to um to Scat's castle and Colleen um gets there and uses his what they call famous salmon leap to gain access. The salmon leap, nice. So like I'm just picturing when the salmon meet like yeah, an yeah, obstacle yeah. and they're leaping. Yeah, that makes sense. But how, human doesn't... Yeah, I'm guessing pole vaulting. You know? Yeah, pole vaulting has Especially to be Especially because they've well, they got their whole far lapping thing and stuff that they do up in the... Yeah, that's true. Up in the, you know, north. So, you know... <laughs> in the north? Maybe he far lapped over. That'd be exciting. That would be exciting. <laughs> well, so he gets in and he gets to her and he threatens her at sword point to teach him everything she knows. <laughs> Let me go to the most fierce person I can yeah, find yeah. and Sounds threaten like a smart them. Move. Yeah. Right? Um, apparently. That's either going to pay off well or not at all. Right? So apparently not only is she this fierce warrior, she's also a prophetess. Okay. Right? So women she, are witches. Yeah. All women are witches. That's right. She grants him three wishes. The first was, and his three wishes were, instruct me properly. I want to marry your daughter so suddenly we don't give a crap about Emmer anymore. And <laughs> I don't want to have to pay you to do it. <laughs> and then also the third and final wish was tell me your, my future. And she's just like, <laughs> sure. 
So she tells him, you know what? I foresee a great and glorious career, but you're not going to live any longer than 30 years, especially if you keep threatening people with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and she did grant her daughter, Uthic, to uh, marry him, but also she slept with him mm-hmm. because, you know, why not in this time? <laughs> So she teaches him her her craft really carefully, and at the same time, she tre- she's teaching another warrior named Ferdia, who becomes his brother-in-arms. They were educated at an equal level, but Kuklain, um was allowed one secret, and this was the uh, the gay bolga, the spear thing with the mm-hmm. barbs on it. Yeah. Um, she taught him how to use it properly. So this spear separates it with barbs on it, um, and when it enters, the first strike is always, like, fatal. Yeah. Because of the way that the spikes pop out. Um, and it was with this weapon that his mis- his brother-in-arms, Ferdia, mysteriously died. <laughs> yeah. Mysterious. Mysterious, no. Uh, so they were forced to fight each other in a saga of the Tain. So, hmm. like, there's a, a story you can read about this famous battle. But okay. We don't care about them. Um, so in return for the instruction from Scath to Kalein, he had to stand against all of the enemies of Scath. And in particular, there was a warrior queen named Aeth. So he saves the life of Scath's sons and goes into battle as her champion against Aeth. Um, and he holds a sword at Aeth's throat and makes her promise to give hostages to Scath and um, promise peace forevermore. Also, while you're at it, I want a son. <laughs> pop one of those bad boys yeah. out specifically because you know that's yeah. how that works interesting so she did <laughs> <laughs> and Kuklain returns to Scathe and um, he rests after all of his great deeds and then after seven years fully trained in the art of the war he leaves the uh, the island and he's considered one of the greatest warriors Ireland has ever known as a result of her teaching I have a lot of questions about that that I don't yeah. have answers to, yeah. but we'll just say that, sure. So, um, in addition to training heroes like this guy who wanted to marry every woman he saw and have lots of children, she became to be considered the goddess of the dead. Um, and the legends say that if a warrior was strong enough to defeat her in mortal combat, then they could enter the land of eternal youth as a reward for defeating one of the greatest women warriors in history. Cool. Yep, so that's Scaith. Nice. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm just seeing in my head that somebody's got to somebody's got to make a show out of this, and they've got to turn it into a Gilmore Girls kind of thing with like oh, you yeah, know that would be great. Yeah, this would make a pretty deep actually. Rory guarding the gate, and you know, it's, right? it's, all, it's all good. Yeah, Lorelei, I love that you know yeah, Gilmore yeah, Girls. Yeah, that's what we need. I think that someone's got to make this happen now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Some fast talking ninja girls. And, Fast talking nin- ginger ninjas. That, that's, ginger that, ninjas. That, that should be the show of the future. But I think ginger ninjas is the best name for a show ever. Yeah, yeah. I agree. So let's talk about another okay. ginger right, ninja. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Because you know yeah, that's, what, yeah, we're that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So during the time of Mary Queen of Scots, the one who succumbed to Queen Elizabeth the first, mm-hmm. was a pirate queen. Oh, nice. I do love my pirates. Named Grace O'Malley. Um, and she defied the English monarchy for 40 years by plundering English ships and um, trying furiously to repel forces that were taking her family's land. So, this young lady, woman, this this warrior. Piratess. This piratess, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, she had a lot of the same traits. They were both about the same age. They had defied the odds, um, as Elizabeth, sorry. 
They were the same age as each other. They mm-hmm. defied odds. They were thriving in a man's world. They had the allegiance of their subjects, and they were totally used to winning. Yeah. You know, there was no, like, <laughs> I win, you lose, we're done. Yeah. So, while Elizabeth ruled England, the other queen, Miss Grace O'Malley, ruled a considerably smaller seafaring clan. Um, and like I said, she was the Irish pirate queen, Grace O'Malley. She was born around 1530 to Owen O'Malley, the chieftain of a clan that ruled the area around Clue Bay on the west coast of Ireland for more than 300 years. Nice. During that time, they built all of their wealth from both piracy and legitimate trade with France and Spain. I don't know how what the legitimate side of that is, but yeah. like at some point, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so when O'Malley's father died, she becomes the queen of her clan, um, and she already knows how to navigate the local political world of all the clans and chieftains um, and forges these really strategic alliances. And uh, at that time, women were often used as tools to create these strong alliances because, like, you would marry your daughter off to another chieftain so that they didn't want to kill you because you were their brother-in-law, things like that. Mm -hmm. And that would make men really powerful. But she did not like that. So she decided to make herself more powerful. So she would marry herself off to people to get power. There you go. Which I just think is fabulous. <laughs> her first husband dies in 1554, and when he dies, she inherits his fighting ships and castle. She's 23 years old. That's pretty young. Yeah, yeah. Bit of an age difference. But considering most people probably weren't living until their 50s even, yeah. like that's pretty... Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that's... Midlife. That's what I'm constantly horrified by. Is, and every time I, I look back at any famous person, I'm like, I'm so old compared to all of these people. And they've done so much with their They were all lives. doing everything and, you know, they're 23 and ruling a kingdom or doing whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's just seating the know. throne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So in 1567, she divorced her second husband. They were only married for one year, but here's what she got. His castle. His loyalty as an ally. There you go. <laughs> You'd think that would be inherent in the thing, but yeah, maybe you need a, a I mean, I guess. official declaration of allegiance. Yeah. 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 I go. mean, I don't know if I was only married for a year and like lost my castle and I still had to be an ally. Maybe they were just really good friends and it just didn't work. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm going yeah. with. <laughs> so at the height of her power, she had hundreds of men and numerous ships at her disposal. Nice. From the Rockfleet Castle and her keep on Clare Island, she launched her galley ships and her board and boarded ships that passed through the mouth of Clue Bay. Um, they would demand levies in return for safe passage to Galway Town in the south. So they had a pretty good system is what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Stories of her courage and seafaring skills were passed down through Irish poems and folklore. In one account, a Turkish corsair um, was supposedly said to have attacked her ship a day after she gave birth to her son, Theobald. Uh, as the Turks tried to board, she jumped out of bed and stormed onto the deck, armed with two of those pirate swords, <laughs> one in each hand. Like, nice. Not today, Satan. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Bewildered, the Turks stop fighting, and she yells, take this load from unconsecrated hands, before firing her weapons and killing all the officers. Um, the rest of the Turks were dismayed by the loss of their officers, and O'Malley captured their ship. On her birthbed. (laughs) Pretty freaking phenomenal. So the best story about her, though, comes from an encounter with Queen Elizabeth. So Queen Elizabeth comes into power in 1558, 
and she wants to increase the English control in Ireland, so she comes into contact with Miss Grace O'Malley quite often. Mm -hmm. The O'Malley clan was one of the few clans that resisted Elizabeth while the English uh, ships fell foul of her pirating prowess. I love that. Um, as the numerous bays along the Irish coastline made it perfect for launching surprise attacks against the unsuspecting English. Uh, I think it's really funny if you read some articles about like conflicts between the Irish and the English and the yeah. Scottish and the English, depending on what side of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> the wording from yes, articles yes. is phenomenal. I can imagine. Yeah, it's the propaganda of the time. Uh, okay, so by March of 1574, the English had just had enough. Uh, they sent in ships and an army of men to attack O'Malley's home base at Rockfleet Castle. But she wasn't taking that. Mm -hmm. So within a couple weeks, she'd repelled this entire army and this whole fleet of battleships and sent them into a humiliating retreat all the way back to England. Nice. One powerful little woman, man. So unfortunately, though, in 1584, she meets her match. Uh, Sir Richard Bingham was... Bingham was appointed the new governor of her area. His brother kills O'Malley's oldest son, and he imprisons her youngest. Okay. Then he takes control over her strong stronghold at Rockfleet and confiscates her lands, cattle, and fleet. He basically just destroyed everything she yeah. had built. With no way out, she does something absolutely amazing. So it's spring of nineteen or fifteen ninety three. And she decides, you know what, I'm not going to be a seafaring pirate today. I'm going to call Queen Elizabeth, and I'm going to deal with this. I'm going <laughs> to be a diplomat today. And I just expect that she shows up in some palace wearing, like, total pirate yeah, gear yeah, with, like, yeah. big earrings and stuff. <laughs> so That would be glorious. Wouldn't yeah. it be? Yeah, yeah. With that's, the that, little that, bandana. That's what the movie version will show, regardless. <laughs> so, yeah. That's right. So despite all the protests from Bingham, the governor, Elizabeth meets with Grace O'Malley at the Palace of Greenwich in the summer of 1593. So there's all sorts of viewpoints on how this happens. And supposedly, O'Malley refuses to bow to the queen. <laughs> and she brought a dagger with her. And then she refuses a title that Elizabeth is trying to bestow upon her. Okay. So Queen Elizabeth offers her the title of Countess. Um... And Grace O'Malley looks at her and goes, you can't offer me a title because equals can't <laughs> offer each other titles. That's uh, hilarious. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because it's such like a a measuring contest. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. sure, you want to make me a countess? Well, then I guess I'll make you the countess of this yeah. because that's basically what we're doing. Nice. We're equals, woman. And I, I do kind of love the ballsiness of that. So either way, it's clear that O'Malley pleaded her case about Bingham, and Elizabeth ends up ordering the release of O'Malley's youngest son and returns all the lands as long as O'Malley agrees to help England in fighting abroad. Okay. And so O'Malley, I, yeah, I'm wondering, I mean, maybe it'll come to that, but I'm wondering what the timing of this relative to the Spanish Armada is. Ah, that, that was probably about the same time. Okay. I didn't look into yeah, that. I'm yeah. wondering if they're being recruited into that. That whole battle. Effort, yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably. Right. Okay, just wondering. Right. Um, so basically she's proved herself a notable rival to Miss Queen Elizabeth in both military and political abilities. And she was one of the few rivals that Elizabeth had that really earned respect, which I mm -hmm. think is pretty cool. Like, yeah. It's pretty intense to go to somebody and be like, hey, I want you to give me my stuff back and knock it off. 
Oh, <laughs> you're you're gonna call me a plebe? Oh no, sister. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in 1603, she died, and that happened to be the same year as Queen Elizabeth. So yeah, that is nice. Miss Grace O'Malley. Uh, that's amazing. I know. Yeah. Women warriors are pretty. Uh, just got to see. I guess, I guess I'm just too obsessed with pop culture, but it, it feels like you know George R. R. Moulton, Martin totally stole this whole concept for part of it because I know the whole Game of Thrones thing was loosely based on War of the Roses, mm-hmm. and it sure feels like the whole Greyjoy part of that. If you've ever read any of the stuff or whatever else, is is clearly lifted somewhat from this whole pirate empire. He spent a lot of time thing. lifting so, stuff from yeah, real yeah, life, yeah. so probably. What makes him so good, but, you know, yeah. it's a, it feels very, very, very yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's go down the rabbit hole. Almost oh. every society has historical records of warrior women, either as a singular woman or entire tribes of women. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been a really strong bias against women as warriors in the archaeological record. Yeah, archaeologists just don't see it when they see it kind of thing. It's funny because we have all these forensic anthropologists that are out there now working, and Mm -hmm. they'll look at, so one is a Viking um, skeleton that's been misclassified since the 50s. Yeah. And they just recently looked at it, and they're like, oh, this this skeleton is female because there's evidence that she gave birth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> and Warriors I, don't give birth. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah, yeah, and part of, of that comes from that 50s mentality of yeah. like a very strong machismo and like man-led yeah, society. Yeah. They did not believe that women could go into battle. Yeah. Do you know your microphone fell down? No, I did not. Now I will, I will fix it. There we go. That right. might be why you get really quiet that, sometimes. That could be. You know, also I'm just generally kind of quiet, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Blah. Good enough. All right. There you go. At least temporarily fixed. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can totally see the, you know, women's skeleton found with weapons and they're, they're ceremonial <laughs> as yes. opposed to, you Everything's know, used. Ritual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there was, um, and spe- so I don't know if you've heard the show, uh, the Viking show. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen ads for it. I've not There's a, actually seen the show. There's a woman uh, warrior that leads it that's heavily based on a true find. Okay. Um, from archaeology. Nice. This is based on the issues. So, like, a whole article was brought up as a result of that show. <laughs> because this one skeleton was misclassified for so long. Nice. Okay. Go away. I have a little pop-up on my computer leaving me crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what computers are for. I know. They, we do love our computers. <laughs> um, okay. So, here's a good question for you. Why do we think Amazonian warriors cut off one of their breasts? For their bow, so because if you're drawing your bow, your your breast would get in the way. So they right they cut them off to be more free with their bows. That's that's what I remember hearing. But. That is the legend. Yeah. Here is another one for you because I thought it was fascinating. A Greek historian actually tried to force a Greek meaning to the word Amazon. Okay. Um, in Greek, maison means breast, and a means without, therefore, Amazon means without breast. Okay. Did you ever see Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. Where the dad's like, give me a word. I show you how it is Greek. Yes, yeah. <laughs> kimono. Kimono. Of course, this comes from Greek word meaning robe, which is what you wear in the winter to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. Kimono. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so yes. that is how it. <laughs> that's how that story started. Yeah, there's yeah. no evidence to say that they ever cut yeah, off a breast. breast. Okay, because if anything, there were a lot of stories of um, the Amazons riding into battle with holding their babies while breastfeeding, and there's no way that you, yeah. Well, maybe you know, if you're only cutting off one, you still can breastfeed. But there you go. Well, and actually, some women even after having a mastectomy have milk ducts. Okay. So it's possible, but yeah, there's a whole lot of weirdness that happens with that. Yeah, because at least the legend I heard was it was always just one side, depending upon the where left you're, side. Yeah, because yep. of your whichever way you're drawing your, your bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no. In the article I was reading, that was like, yeah, there's no real evidence that that really yeah, happened. It sounds like the sort of thing that you would come up with just to show how fierce somebody is. Right? You know, like, I'm like, such a, a warrior. Yeah. I'm just going to lop off part of my body to yeah. make sure when that people I... People love stories of football players that cut off a finger at halftime because it's bugging them, you know, that kind of thing. It's right. Like, shows just how badass you are that you're just lobbing something off because it gets in the way. But you know, Right. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that we have this Amazon tribe because... In my head, I have such a hard time reconciling where they were located because, you know, there's really not a mm-hmm. location for that because we have the Amazon jungle in South America. Yeah, well, yeah. that's obviously not what they meant. Yep. But from the time I was little, I was like, wow, they came all the way from South America to yeah, fight yeah, the Greeks? Yeah, that's exactly. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's what I always find interesting is I, you know, I don't know if it's just peculiar to me, but I always keep forgetting that almost all of these mythical places to the Greeks are in Turkey. Right. Like, because there's, you know, there's the whole setup over there and, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting, but yeah, so any idea why, how the Amazon jungle got named the Amazon jungle? No. I don't either. Probably because they do have fierce warriors there. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if you know much about the Amazon. There's a lot of tribes tribes that are hidden in there. Yeah. A bunch of uncontacted for a long time, sort of. Yeah. Places you don't want to get messed up. But, I have yeah. an episode coming up that I've been working on for the whole week, but my work world went crazy, and it's fascinating about yeah. about things. So we'll get there. Cool. Nice. Yeah, it's not about that, but about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds fun. There's a teaser out there for you. There's a teaser. Now I know something coming. I can. I can like, you will not be able to guess that that's uh, what I'm going to be yeah, talking yeah. about when I get started because it, it's it'll, such it'll a tenuous connection. Yeah. But I'll make sure I try to put that in there for nice. you. All right. So this has been Women Warriors Part 2. There will probably be more parts because there's lots of them and they are fascinating. And Very I cool. have to get out of Ireland and yeah, Scotland yeah. soon. Yeah, but, but there's plenty there, so that's all good. So, yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thanks, Jenny. Thank you, all Will. All right, and thank you all for listening yet again. Uh, you know, as always, contact us via Facebook or our glorious email at don'tlooknow19 at gmail.com. Thanks to Hollow State Audio, as always, for our intro and outro music, and uh, we'll catch you all later. Yep. Bye. Bye.